Every life has a story, and every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story. They are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. Eleven years ago, he left South Africa to establish himself into a brand new land in Australia with his wife, with his beautiful children, not knowing what the future entails, but fully trusting in the Lord to begin a life of ministry, a kingdom life in Australia. And tonight, we're privileged to have a Kingdom Stories from Down Under, Pastor Piet Palm. Piet Palm from Kingsway Church. How are you, Piet? I'm well, thank you, Nat. Eleven years in Australia. Yes, I can't believe it's been that long already. And yeah. It feels like yesterday, but on the other side, it also feels like a lifetime. So, Did you pack in a lot of life in 11 years? Oh, very much so. We arrived here when our kids were pretty young. My kids started their secondary school education, yeah. And uh, now I already have two grandkids, so there's a lot of life in between those two things. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how we measure life by the age of the kids. It is so true. It is so true. By what happened in their life, because yeah. so much happens in such a short period, especially if they're teenagers, you know. They, they have their career, they have, you know, they finish the school, the career, they get married. So event after event, you're never bored. Yeah. But you do look a bit young to be a grandpa. I am maybe a bit young in most people's eyes to be a grandpa. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, I've always believed in uh, starting a- anything and everything early, as yes. early as I could. I yeah. start the day early. Uh, I got married early. Yeah. Um, and I had kids early. That was uh, none... Uh, was uh, through lack of planning. We actually, that was my desire from the very beginning. Wonderful. To, um, to start out young and to make sure that I'm young so I can enjoy my kids. And uh, if I have to do it again, I'll do it all over the same. Who's a pioneer in your family, your dad or your mom? Who was? Pioneer dad, very much so. Okay, so you must have inherited a bit of his DNA. I think it's Breaking whole, new ground. The whole, the whole family is like that. You know, my yeah. dad is... Uh, he was one of 11 kids, uh, five boys and six girls, Whoa. and all five of them had their own businesses. So, so all, And all of them started that from scratch. So you mentioning yeah. that in terms of pioneering yeah. or starting or building something has always been part of the Palm family. You know, um, Where did the Palm family originate? In Germany. Okay. Uh, History-wise, it was... Uh, Both Germany. mom and dad? No, actually... Um, Mom, to be honest with you, we, we just we could only trace the South African bits of it. Yeah. But originally, uh, the, the surname comes as a Dutch uh, okay. uh, Dutch uh, derivative. Uh, but um, Palm comes from a German. Background. So your dad came from 11 children. Yeah. And how many did he have? Five. Five. Yeah. More so, subway. Yeah. So I'm, and where are you? I am second. Second. Uh, I've got a, one sister older than me, two years older than me. Yeah. Um, and then three other sisters younger, one, two years younger than me, and then twin sisters that uh, they live in Adelaide at the moment, also Aussies at this stage. Yes. Um, but uh, they are five years younger than me. So you had a bit of a leading uh, role as well as a, as a boy in the family. I would say leading role, maybe. I would more say I had a very cushy uh, childhood. <laughs> my, my, my sisters were very good to they me. Spoiled I, I, I was spoiled. I can't even say anything else. Not too much, but mom and dad. Uh, but my sisters really, um, they were really good to me. Yeah, I grew up with five sisters as well. 
Then you know what I mean? Youngest of seven. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, so you know know even more about that than me. My brother is 11 years older than me. Yeah, well. So he was out of the picture. I I don't remember much of him because he was just so far apart. Yeah, yeah. But especially with the nearest to me, the couple of sisters that were close to me. One you've met tonight here. Yeah. yeah, we were very close, and you're right. I was, I was cushioned as well. <laughs> I had See, a good. I I'm, still have I'm, a good. I, I, I might have been the second oldest, but still, I mean, it's just I grew up in a in a house full of girls, and and yeah. even with uh, in, even with my kids, I mean, I have three kids, and the, the girls, the two girls are the two oldest ones. Yes. Um, so it was very much um, almost a, a girly home, you know. I had again. that when I grew up in a girly home again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Maybe that's just part of God's grace and God's living in my life. I don't know. <laughs> well, I've got two girls and the third one on its way. Oh, there we so go. So I've got to have three girls as well and one boy, which is great. Mm. But it's good. We love we love mm. the women in our lives. So important. So where did it begin for you in South Africa? Which part? Well, I grew up. Um, well, most most people know Johannesburg. So sure. in Johannesburg, central parts of. Uh, of uh, South Africa, a place close to Johannesburg called Springs. Okay. I was born in Springs, uh, for those that know South Africa, the East Rand area. So I grew up in Springs and Brackburn area. Um, English all speaking my life. or uh, no, Afrikaans? No, very much Afrikaans. Um, uh, Afrikaans community, Afrikaans family, Afrikaans yeah. household, so yeah. an Afrikaans school. So uh, English is very much our. Uh, my second language, you know, so Third, but, after, uh, yeah. after speaking Italian, <laughs> yeah, I'm probably it true. But yeah, so so no, um, I I didn't grow up near the coast. I grew up, I grew up in uh, several parts of South Africa. Uh, today, uh, uh, you know, a, a very a busy part of South Africa. There's a lot of communities, a lot of different cultures, uh, yeah. a lot of people. Um, so yeah, a lot of so businesses. Spring is a town mining. or an area? It's a town. It's a it's it's. I think most probably a city by now. Yeah. But it's a it's a mining town. What are they mining? Uh, gold. Uh, gold. There's a lot of gold around uh, the East Rand area. Um, so is it areas. quite a prosperous town? Not anymore. Um, a lot of the gold that was mined there, a lot of the gold mines closed down um, uh, later on as the gold were mined and so on. Yeah. So at this stage, is Springs area, no, I wouldn't say a very affluent area. Sure. Uh, but at one stage, um, very, very beautiful affluent place. Um, what's, what's your first memory of childhood? My first memory of childhood, uh, most probably be I was... Uh, I think it was about the the, my, the first picture I can remember of my childhood. I was I was on my birthday with a with a, a blue flannel um, uh, um, uh, tracksuit, yes. and and it was on my birthday. And my dad bought me a leather Super Springbok rugby ball. Whoa! Right, that that that's my first. Yeah, I, I would say very profound five or um, six memory. No, I think I was younger, maybe four or five, four or around five. there. Okay. And I, I, I remember this this photo specifically, and I remember yeah. how I felt you know, with my foot on the rugby ball. You know, yeah. being very proud Brave. of my first uh, rugby ball. You know, and oh. at that, but at that stage, it was still no synthetics. It was still leather. Yeah, it's heavy when it rained. You know, so and it, it smelled like uh, yeah, the leather. new rugby. But it must have been a very expensive ball because. I remember even when we grew up, yeah. if you had a proper soccer ball, yeah. you would have paid yeah. a day's wage at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, the, to have a rugby ball uh, as a young boy in South Africa is, is 
is rugby crazy. Sure. So, so if you can afford a rugby ball, you buy a rugby yeah. ball. But but yeah, the the it was actually something to be very proud of. So you would take that to school. You'd be popular with, yeah, with your yeah, friends. It would be if you had the ball. You uh, were you're the, the one uh, calling the shots. You yeah. know? So yeah, I was very proud of that uh, rugby nice. ball. That's something I can remember. That and I think a lot of my childhood memory, I can remember uh, a lot of instances as a very young boy, even uh, um, before I went to school, um, uh, working with my dad in his workshop. You know, the, what was his, he doing? Uh, my dad was a, a mechanical engineer, a, actually automotive engineer. Okay. Um, so crankshaft grinding, reboring, redoing cylinder heads, valves, and guides, and and so on. So um, we don't do those anymore. No, no, no. Just, you just plug and play now. Yeah. You know, you just buy something new. But uh, back then, I, um, I I know it wasn't even at school yet when I when I was able to uh, resurface a valve. Wow. And 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 grind a valve seat. You know. So that, those were the first. Uh, things in my dad's workshop I could do and so on. So I, I was always, we were always there and thereabouts, you know. Was he tough on you? My dad was uh, tough on me. No, I wouldn't say tough on me. My dad's a very uh, straightforward kind of a guy. Sure. Uh, I didn't say something twice. Mm-hmm. So if that's called tough, uh, yeah. maybe nowadays, yeah, tough. But um, sure. a very, very firm guy, very loving, very family orientated. Yeah. I remember uh, my dad always, always, we always had at least two family holidays a year. Yes. Um, that would not be uh, negotiated about or whatever. He, he, and every long weekend, we would be away somewhere. My dad was always um, finding somebody. He was a very energetic guy. So he always was taking us away on holidays and, and long more weekends. More camping or and so more? On. Camping, actually. My dad uh, uh, loved uh, uh, um, uh, camping, but also just, yeah, you know, no, no matter what, uh, accommodation we could find yes if he could get away yeah uh, with his kids and his wife even i remember us driving for a normal weekend from yes. johannesburg to durban just for the weekend Whoa. because he had, a, he had a flat yeah that's 600 and something k's so so he had a he had a flat in in cent, in in the center of durban yes and he would just say listen pack i'll be at home within the next hour oh. or two we're leaving there and and we'll pack i'll you yeah. know all of us would just get everything together and they will go. And actually, at that stage, uh, my dad would would phone um, my now father-in-law, yes, which is a very good friend of his. And we would just the two families would just go for the weekend, to, sure. and and we would have fun together for the weekend and leave again on on the Sunday afternoon, and they'd be back at work on Monday. Were they people of faith? Your parents, oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. grew up in a Christian, uh, traditional sort of a Lutheran. Uh, no, my, no, my dad. Uh, my, we I grew up in the AFM Church, Apostolic Faith Mission, uh, okay. which was uh, established by John G. Lake and and uh, William J. Seymour in okay. the early nineteen hundreds. So uh, very Pentecostal. Um, uh, my dad was more than anything in our family. There was n- there was nothing discussed or talked about or loved or um, a greater passion. Yeah. Than God and the Word and and, and Jesus and, and and what He's done and uh, in His in, in my dad's life and my mom's life and and my dad's father I, I didn't really know my grandfather because he he passed away when I was very early. Yes. But my dad used to tell me how much my because he was a first generation Christian, not my dad. My, yes, my grandfather. Yes, um, and my dad used to tell me just how what an impact that made on him. Yes, seeing how his father changed. Yeah. Um, when when he encountered the Lord Jesus and and that was to be honest with you I, I, any discussion no matter where you started 
Yes. It would always finish yeah. with the Lord. We'll always be talking about the Lord and, and sharing. Was he doing any ministry? No. Uh, I, uh, yes and no. Because if that question is asked in terms of, uh, you know, was he in ministry? He was, he was an elder in, in the church. He was yes. always in Sunday school ministry and so on. So yes, there was a lot yeah. of ministry. Um, but more than that, the organizational part of, of ministry, I always say I'll have to live two lifetimes to uh, to touch the amount of people and to minister to the amount of people that my mom and dad in a um, auto mechanic sure. workshop. Did. Yes. I, I, there's just so many times I can remember when my dad, where business was just shifted aside yeah. and my dad would minister to somebody. My mom would just literally just um, address a, a, a client over the counter and she would just know that he's going through a tough time. And, and everybody, even my dad, would just know this is not business time now and my mom would just be praying for them. Wow. I, I saw so so much of that. Um, so ministry for me uh, was never an organizational thing. It's not, it was never something that life. happened at church. Yeah. yeah, It was it was life. It was life. Uh, ministry... So that's why I say in that context, no, in the sense of formal ministry, but in, but in terms of our whole lives, yes. that was what we did. You know? wow. That was what I saw my parents do day in and day out. Wonderful. Yeah, that's how I grew up. And um, how did you discover your way in, in the Lord? I think initially, um, for me, it was, this is what we do. Mm -hmm. um, this is our family. Yeah. That's, this is where we are on Sundays. You know, we, we do church. Yes. We, um, on Wednesdays. There's it, no question what you do on Wednesdays. We have the prayer meeting. Oh, yeah. And um, Fridays, we, we, we're at youth. Yeah. We're youth back then was just everybody under 100, you know. Yeah. Um, Sunday mornings church, Sunday evenings church, and if there's anything in between, it will be... Rugby. Yeah, <laughs> rugby and church. <laughs> School and um, church. So, so I grew up in that environment, and and because of that, I, I, you, you know, you, I, I loved that life. That, that yes. those are my friends. That, but but I also um, I didn't know the other side. You saw a bit of it in South Africa. A lot of people are Christians, so I didn't see a a, a lot of the outside world in the context of people that didn't know sheltered. the Lord and so on. I was sheltered in that context. Okay. Um, so I knew. I knew of the Lord at a very young age. And then um, on the 11th of September, 1985. Um, 11th of September. <clears throat> 11th of Ironically. September, 1985. The towels came down yeah, for you. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 everything changed for me. I, I remember being in an evening service. And, um, and I can't remember uh, the topic of this sermon. But I do know this. Um, that the appeal that night brought me to a place where I realized that this God, um, it's not just that he's, he's, he's God, he's my, he's my, my parents' Lord and Savior. It's, yes. it's, it's not just someone that, that I should know about, but, yes. but he wants to be my God, my Lord, my Savior. And I, I remember when the, when the, uh, when the altar call came uh, that night, I just, I, I, I couldn't get there fast enough. And, um. Funnily enough, I was in I was in year seven back then. For us, it stand at five. Okay. Um, Held and, eleven. About uh, twelve years old. Yes. And uh, I knelt. Um, I knelt at the altar, and um, a 
uh, my my second grade Sunday school teacher. She was my Sunday school yes. teacher in the second, second grade because we had a massive Sunday school, more than four hundred kids in our Sunday school. Whoa. Um But she she knelt next to me and and she prayed with me a, a prayer of salvation. Um, her name is uh, Aunt Stevens, Auntie, yeah. as we say South Africans say, um, yeah. Tani Aunt Stevens. She prayed with me, and that night I remember I I. I I came back home and I, everything just looked different to me. I, I, when I when I got out of that place, it, it felt to me it didn't rain. Yes. But but it smelled like uh, yeah. when it you know the way it smelled when 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 it just rained and everything is fresh. The grass it looked greener. The the everything looked different. I, sure. I saw my my city different. I, yeah. I looked at my family different. Yeah. I, I remember t- in sharing with my mom and dad, and I, I, th- that was for them the you know the greatest moments in their lives was seeing their children come to the Lord. Beautiful. Um, and at that night, after I shared with my my mom, said to me, um, because one of the things that we always got the moment you could read is a Bible, your own Bible. Yeah. Um, and my mom encouraged me to write in my Bible tonight, on the eleventh of September, nineteen eighty five. I gave my heart, I gave my life to the Lord. And I, I had that Bible for a very, very long time. Unfortunately, um, it is now somebody else's because it got um, lost at one of the conferences that we attended. But I hope it's a blessing to whomever has it now. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, where did you meet your wife? Now, that's an interesting story. You, you, you're telling me that you were traveling together and... <laughs> yeah. So this is a bit of a... Uh, yeah, that's an interesting one, yeah. Matt. Um, the first memory I have of my wife, she was she was four, almost five years old. Uh, and she was sitting on her father's knee. And uh, she was singing, even back then, as young as she was, she was singing the alto to... Um, she, she was harmonizing with him. And, wow. and a lot of us were just sitting around and, and listening because her father was just a performer. He's just a ah. lovely, godly man. In every opportunity he'd get, he'd sing. Yes. And he can sing. Yeah. So uh, the first memory I have of my wife was sitting under a, a, a veranda outside of one of our youth leaders' homes. Um, was, and her father was singing and, and they were singing the song Butterfly. Uh, I don't know if you know Butterfly, but they were singing that and... Um, and and that's that's a very very vivid memory I have. My watch was, as I said, she wasn't yeah. even wasn't even five years old. Um, I know I, as family we knew them from little even before that. But that was my first memory. So actually, from the age that she was uh, just over three years old, my father and her father uh, became very good uh, friends. And okay. we, we are, so so, I've known my wife so all you, my life. You were friends uh, growing up. What's yeah. the age difference? Four years. Four years. Four years. So, well, almost four years. When did you click? Yeah, that's just as interesting. Actually, I've got... So my older two sisters, both of them at one stage dated her brother. She's got two brothers. Okay. <laughs> me and Lisa, we, we never... We were never... So both dated the same guy? No, 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 no. My older sister dated her oldest brother and then, at one stage. Okay. And my younger sister dated her... her Young. Uh, second brothers, Lisa the youngest, right? This so, gonna be the threesome. Yes, yes. So, threesome. Yeah, so our, our siblings um, dated throughout our history, but yeah. me and Lisa never. We we um, 
I'll be honest with you, I didn't see Lisa that way. I, no. For me, it was, was Lisa was very like good friends with my with my twin sisters, my youngest sisters. So she's just a year older than them, and they were they were just great friends. And so for me, um, it was always almost a a a, a detection. A, 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 yeah, she and she was so, she was she was in our house so much. Yeah, uh, we had holidays together. We we, yeah. had, uh, we we were together at least once or twice a week. <laughs> we had holidays. Uh, With um, the same church. Yeah, same church. Yeah. Same neighborhood. And, uh, dads were inseparable. Okay. My my dad and Lisa's dad was inseparable yeah. up until the day my father um, passed away. But um, so so we grew up together. We never we were never romantically involved. Yeah. Um, it was only actually Lisa always said, you know, she uh, she was wiser than me. She uh, her, her side of the story is um, when she was 12 years old, um, she had a dream. Yeah. Now this is you, you. You can ask Lisa, but this okay. is the real truth. We, we right? have to get Lisa on Kingdom <laughs> so, Stories. So, she was twelve years old, had a dream that she's gonna marry me. Okay. Right. She woke up that morning. Yes. Knew that this was something of the Lord, and she never shared it with anybody. Never. No, she never dated anybody else. Oh. Never. And she was pursued by uh, uh, quite a few young men. I'm sure you didn't and, mind that. But you know, but but I initially I didn't know, but she she knew yeah. she knew she was going to marry me, and therefore she she later on uh, she told me all of this. Uh, that's why she never she just never felt that she would waste the time with anybody else. If that's she she felt that God showed her that I'm going to be a husband. Yeah. For me, it was a bit different, as any young man. Um, uh, my, my journey went a bit different. I didn't know, uh, and um, it's only when after after school actually, when the Lord called me into ministry, um, where uh, at one stage I just asked the Lord, said, "Lord, I, I don't I don't want to go on one more date. I don't want to yeah. I don't want to pursue any young woman. I don't want to wander. Um, I ask of you, God, yeah. show me my wife." Yeah. You know, I just, I know, I remember it was the youth camp. And uh, we, we, Lisa was at this youth camp. We were ministering together at that stage. Yeah. And uh, I, just before that, I was dating somebody else. And, and she I, knew? Yeah, she knew about every Everything. single girl. She, she knew me very well. So she knew about every single girl I dated. Yeah. And, um, and I just asked the Lord, said, well, please. And, and I remember that night saying to the Lord, Lord, this is, this is what I want. You know, first of all, she's got to love you with all her heart, you know, and I just, yeah. and, and I was really passionate and it's a story on its own, but I was really passionate about kids. Uh, don't know why it's always been like that. Yeah. Um, so I just asked, Lord, I really want somebody that would be a wonderful, godly mother, mm. you know, because I, I just knew that was part of God's uh, purpose for my life in terms sure. of just not only just bringing up my kids, but being there for children. Yeah. And I, I mentioned all these things, quite a few things I mentioned to him. And, uh, and this is the truth. I woke up the next morning. I remember this girl I've seen numerous times. I mean, we, we, we basically, there's nothing about each other that we did not know. Yeah. And the next day, because I was organizing this camp. youth camp, yeah. almost 200 young people on this youth camp. So it was a lot of organization, yeah. people getting on the buses and so on. Yeah. Lisa and another f uh, friend of ours, they were managing one bus and people were you know, getting the kids on the bus and so on. 
and uh, they were the last bus and I always got on the last bus making sure that everybody's in and whatnot. And when I wanted to get on the bus, I, I, I kid you not, I was so in love, I could not help myself. When I saw Lisa that morning. Your scales came off. I, it, was, it was as if I'm looking at a different woman, you know. And it was so profound that Lisa actually said to me, you know, when she saw me, she looked at me and she said, what happened to you? <laughs> this were exact yeah. words, right? And... Um, and the rest is history, man. Um, I just, I, I, the scales came off my eyes. God made me fall in love with the most wonderful human being I've, I've met. Yeah. And you were married in that church? Yeah, we, we, we actually, we, we got married in that church with two congregations that we were involved in, Lisa and myself, and, and ministering to the small congregation that we became a part of. Um, but yeah, we were married out of that church. My, my brother-in-law, uh, married me. He's, uh, also, you know, just a great mentor in my life. From her side or from your side? From my side. My, my sister's, um, husband, my oldest sister's husband. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. So that, that's my journey with Lisa's concern. And then the children came along. So you were doing ministry now. Yeah. You went into ministry. Yeah, we went, we went into ministry actually when I was, uh, this was in 1992, uh, so it was about 21 uh, when we started in ministry together. Um, and th this was before me and Lisa got involved. Um, and I actually went to Lisa's dad and asked him if she could, because we didn't have any musicians in our church. Yes. And, and at that stage, we, for the first time in our lives, we found ourselves in two different congregations because mm -hmm. my, my parents moved to Donata, which is very close oh. to Springs, but my dad felt that we needed to support that small congregation that was there, so we yeah. moved congregation. And then I went to Lisa's father and asked him if, if I could uh, bring her to that congregation. I would come and fetch her every Friday night, you know, to do the youth and so on. So Lisa was 16 back then when mm -hmm. she started. She was uh, in year 10 at school. And she was leading worship. Yeah, she was leading worship. Ah, yeah. yeah, so we started um, ministering together then. And then when uh, the other thing happened, we fell in love and we... Um, we so she, she was ready to, do a, to, to have a life of ministry and commitment to, to the kingdom cause. Well, to answer that question, let me give you the details. We, we Lisa finished school... Um, in 1994, um, she did her year 12. She finished that November. Yeah. June, we were married. <laughs> so we, we, as I said, we, we started young. Yeah. And we just knew this was of God. And I think everybody around us knew. And obviously, everybody thought, you know, we were maybe a bit quick and a bit young. And especially she was a bit young. Um, but... Um, the Lord is, but we, we knew it's of God and, and, and the Lord was so good to us that even at that young age, he, um, us being in ministry together and so on, he just sustained us day yeah. by day. Yeah. Wow. And then the children came along. Yeah. Lisa was 19 when she got married, um, 20 when she had her first child, Nikkei, um, and then 13 months after that, Vanin. Mm -hmm. And then almost two years after that, well, two years after that, Piet. Wow. So we had... Um, Three and four years. Yeah. 
Yeah, so she was about 22 and she had three kids already. So. Beautiful. Yeah, so pretty quick. Uh, I was young, um, but we, we, we really, um, we, we knew that that was a, going yeah. to be a big part of our lives, our children and, and uh, the So what made you come to Australia? It's the simple answer, the Lord. Okay. Yeah, um, how, how did that come about? We ministered together in different congregations and so on. And so, um, were you established in one place as a minister? At first, yes, I was in Donata, uh, close to Springs. So, Pentecostal, Pentecostal Church, Pentecostal Church, in the AFM in the AFM Church. So, um, I'm not familiar with with that. Is a more traditional Pentecostal. It's Pentecostal, yeah. Okay. Yeah, traditional Pentecostal Pentecostal yeah. congregation. Uh, maybe not traditional Pentecostal in the sense of you would think of evangelical the, 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 Pentecostal. Yeah, yeah, more evangelical Pentecostal. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so, so, uh, um, at that stage, we, um, we, we ministering in Donata, uh, ministered uh, to a few different, uh, congregations. The Lord was really good to us when it yeah. comes to youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we quickly in, in, in a short period, the Lord really, uh, blessed us ministry wise. Yeah. So we, we found ourselves, um, we found ourselves at that stage of talking about Australia, uh, we found ourselves ministering in Donata, um, then Springs, uh, and then went to Pretoria, and then Cape Town. Whoa! So, so we actually ministered in quite. And and initially, I couldn't understand, uh, you know, because it, it always seemed like God would either give us something somewhere to go where there was nothing, yeah. or where everything was going wrong. So, and and I actually had an argument, not argument, a frustration in my heart. I said, Lord, what is happening? Every time <laughs> things are going well, you send me. You know, I feel like a spiritual broom almost, you know, that are, you know, uh, cleaned Clean up, up and just building. And, and the Lord just made it clear to me that that was uh, part What's of your ministry. ministry? You're a I'm, a, I'm a builder, you know, so I've got to, I've got to you know, uh, um, establish things, break down and renew and restore and build it up until somebody can, uh, until it's Destroyed uh, again. maintainable <laughs> and they can go on. Um, that I'm not a maintainer in that sense. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm building, building build, yeah. So, um, so while we were in Cape Town, we got called to Bloemfontein. That, that's the central part of South Africa, the Free State. Um, we had to now find a, a school for the, the girls because the girls were at school going age and so on. And that was the first instruction that the Lord gave us. A very Afrikaans. South Africa is Afrikaans, but Bloemfontein yeah. is Afrikaans. It's the most Afrikaans. Yeah, it's the most Afrikaans you can find, right? So it's Afrikaans. And uh, uh, strong Afrikaans schools and so on. And when we were looking for schools, the Lord just said, put them in an English school. Huh. And, and he said, because you won't be in the country, uh, you will, I will be sending you off you know, yeah. to another country. So then we knew uh, what was lying ahead. We just didn't know when, where. how. Yes. And then um, in 2006, at a conference that we did in Argentina, I was in part of Harvest Evangelism. Mm-hmm. Um, with Ed Silvoso and these guys um, really a great season of our life learned so much from them um, but at that conference in 2006 uh, where I was part of just uh, arranging and helping and serving in terms of the, the um, stage ministry and getting the speakers there at the right time and whatnot, yeah. and making sure all of that is right um, and we had a team retreat just after that in San Jose so we went to San Jose. In San Jose, I remember one morning about three o'clock, the Lord woke me up and he just literally just laid out this plan. He said, listen, I'm going to send you to Australia. So, yeah. so okay, Australia. 
send it to Australia, um, and then he gave me some instruction about what that was all about, and yes. and gave me scripture and all of that. And I, I would always ask the Lord, um, and that's the way He's dealt with me uh, all of my life, even with my calling. It would give me a scripture, give me peace in my heart, clarity, and 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 then uh, you, you know, it'd be very clear, so I couldn't doubt. Yeah. And uh, and because of that, maybe I, you know, always had this boldness to after all of this, you know, say to the Lord, Lord please, I don't want to doubt. So I'll, I'll do whatever you lead me into. Yeah. Just help me to know that this is you in a way that I can't doubt. Yes. Um, just confirm. Do do something yeah. out of the, something special. Yeah. Um, I would uh, I would always in Afrikaans I would, I would say Lord just surprise me yeah. surprise me in a way that I know this is you, and this is in San Jose right and then uh, we were staying with Dave Thompson Dave and Sue Thompson just two of the most beautiful people I know man it's just just lovely people of God. Um, such a profound influence in our lives. But we got up the morning and Sue uh, made us breakfast for me and Vanna Swart, my, my uh, brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Uh, she made us breakfast and then she said, listen, the guy, I know you want to buy the kids some gifts, but the guy across the street yeah. is having a garage sale. Maybe there's something, because I know he's got a toy stall and whatnot. This so, is in Argentina? Yeah, no, this is in San Jose in the US. Right? Oh, this is US. Silicon okay. Valley, right? Okay. So we had the conference in Argentina. Yeah. The Lord gave us that oh, instruction back. and then back yeah. um, to... For the I'm sure there's a San Jose in, uh, in yeah, Argentina yeah. as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but so so then we... we um, went to we this went, garage sale. Yeah, we went across the street and this guy was still packing out the garage sale and so on and, and the, only one table was set up and there was only one thing on the table. A map of Australia. No. A koala bear <laughs> with an Australian flag in its hand. Yeah. <laughs> so I went, the guy, the guy goes and says, yeah, can I help you? I said, yeah, I'm just here to collect my bear. He says, well, I said, yeah, that bear's mine. He says, I haven't told you. I said, no matter what, you know, that's my bear. You just tell me how much I have to pay you. And uh, I actually took that bear and I kept that bear yeah. from 2006. Because when I returned in 2006, um, a congregation in Middleburg, mm-hmm. um, because at that stage I was ministering, uh, working in the harvest, and was ministering to, to the church in the city mm-hmm. instead of the, uh, just in congregational ministry. But then a congregation in Middleburg called us, and, and we said no three times and so on. But um, yeah, and then we felt we really need to pray about this because we knew we were going to Australia. Yeah. And then the Lord said, yes, go. So I was confused. I said, God, you know, this is now, I've just returned. You told me we're going to Australia now. And, and then the Lord was very clear. He said, listen, you're going to be here for a short time. I'm going to do something amazing. Yeah. Uh, just remember, it's not you, uh, but let them know from the beginning that you are just here to restore and establish and that you will set things in place and then go. Yes. Um, so, so for four years, four and a half years, we were in Middleburg. Mm-hmm. And in 2009, uh, the Lord said, okay, it's time, time. it's time, uh, August 2009, uh, the month of my... So you came by faith? Yeah, the, uh, 2009, August, the Lord just said we, that we should come for two weeks. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have a sponsor, we didn't know where to just go. Just you and your wife? No, me and my wife, actually, um, w- when, we, when I told my parents, yes. uh, my mom is our intercessor, and she's, she's always she praying said, for us, I'll she come said, with you. I'm going with you. <laughs> and my dad literally... Said, listen, uh, uh, I'm I'm coming with you. I just wanna just wanna serve Whoa. you. Whoa, soul for me. And my dad, my dad came with. My mom came with. My dad left. My dad never leaves his business. Sure. Right. My dad left his business, um, and for two weeks we came to Australia, uh, and um, 
I, I felt so bad, you know, everywhere we went, you know, we, we were meeting with people and so on. My, my dad was just, he was just always helping and supporting and serving. It. Yeah, you know, to a point where I felt almost, gee, you know. Let me, let me yeah, breathe. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I felt, how can my, my father, you know, I'm supposed to carry the laptop. Sure, or for get, him. You know, for him and he's, he, oh. they just felt that they were with us to, to see what you. God wants yeah. to do. Yeah. And, um, and God gave us a promise on that trip. Uh, he told us that we should come and visit the major cities in Australia. Yes. And in two weeks. And before we get on the plane, when we get back, we will have a sponsor. Uh-huh. Uh, and so we, we didn't know where this was going to come about. So we went to all the different cities. We actually stopped by for one day in Perth. Then went to Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, and then back. So you had connections everywhere. So I had some connections. I had a family member in Melbourne. Yeah. We didn't have anybody really in Sydney. We just traveled with a camper van and, yeah. and you know visited and prayed a bit over the place. Uh, in Brisbane, I knew a few guys from Harvest. Yeah. And then um, some of the guys over here heard that we were here and they arranged Tim Tay. If you know Tim, but uh, he arranged a breakfast with some of the people that knew Harvest and knew Ed and so on. Yeah. So so he got a few guys together and uh, asked me to just you know, share with them a little bit at a breakfast and I shared with them uh, just on on uh, unity in the body and so yeah. on. And uh, at that breakfast, uh, one of the guys that were there were Benny O. Mm. And uh, he said to me after we shared, he said, do you remember me? I said, yeah, I can remember your face. You know, and he said, listen, I've got a, I've got a photo here in 2006. He told us that the Lord gave you a word for Australia and you don't know when, but you will be, and, and we had lunch with you. He said, and he, and he actually showed me the photo. Yeah. And then he said, can we have a where, coffee? Where did you meet before? He was in South Africa. He was in Argentina at the conference. Oh, in Argentina, same yeah. conference. Yeah. Well, so, so Benny Ho and Peter, his uh, elder, that's, that was, was at, at, at this conference. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, so Benny asked to have coffee the next day. Uh, we had coffee and, and at the coffee, uh, while we were having coffee, it was in, at a shopping center in Willerton. I can't remember the name now, South something more. But um, Benny asked me, do you have, how, how are you going to get? South. Yeah. So he said, do you have a, a sponsor? And I said, no, please pray for us. Yes. He said, no, we already talked about it. We'll sponsor you. Whoa. And this guy has met me once. Yes. 2006 at a conference. Yeah. And and FCC Faith Community Church and Benny Howe sponsored us into the country just through what God has placed and put on their heart. heart and placed in our hearts. And, um, and not for themselves. Not for themselves. To release you into planting the church up here. They literally, I, I shared with Benny, I said, Benny, you know that I'm not, you know, just congregationally minded I, I would love to uh, minister you know to the city and just help and support and see yeah. um, the unity and, and prayer and so on just established and ministers fellowships and so on um, he said no I know um, with no expectation just just come do what God has called wow. you to do and, uh, and they they FCC Faith Community Church became our home mm-hmm. for three and a half years they were just such a blessing to us and um in that time, we found that the Lord also had a plan for us to be in that congregation. We really got involved in discipling some of their young leaders and so on, and, and we journeyed together still today. Um, ben is a very, very dear friend and a, and, a, and a godly man, just an inspiration in my life. And uh, that out of that, you planted Kingsway. Yeah. So, um, as I said, we, we, we just uh, initially I was just 
trying to find out where exactly the ministers and the pastors were praying together. So for two yes. years, I would just travel from fellowship to fellowship, just praying with them. Yeah. And then we went to Hillsong's conference with Pastor Patrick Chan. Mm-hmm. They invited us and me and Lisa, they just, you know, sponsored us and it was such a blessing to us. They took us to the Hillsong's conference. And while we were there, um, the Lord uh, gave me a clear instruction to plant the congregation and uh, shared with us what he wanted us to do and and then came back, shared it with Benny and Benny they at that stage they were yeah. Benny just said, Well, if that's what God has called you to do, tell us how can we help? And they supported us and helped us plant a congregation. Wow, that's beautiful. That was our journey. Fast forward to today, you've got a couple of hundred people, two hundred and fifty people connected with the church. Mm. You meet at Kingsway uh, Christian College. Yeah. In their uh, gymnasium. Yeah. They, they really built a nice auditorium for you, didn't they? They did. <laughs> Multi-million dollar one. Man, that was such a such a blessing as well. Um, when we started the con- congregation, you know, when, when, when the Lord gave me the instruction at the Hillsongs Conference, He even showed me the families that we will be starting with. Yes. And two of those families were not in Australia at that stage. <laughs> but, but by the time we started, they were. From South Africa. From South Africa. So um, so we established the congregation. So how many families did you start off with? Four families. Four families in yeah. your home? In my home. Okay. Yeah. And uh, did you start at Kingsway School or in a gym or where did you start it? So we started at, uh, uh, in my home in, uh, well, a home that we were house-sitting for a friend okay. of mine. And it was big enough. Yes. Uh, actually, a five-bedroom mansion. With, <laughs> with It was just a big place that we were house-sitting for very dear friends of ours. Um, and uh, and then we realized that it, even when we started, yes. we, we, we prayed about it and we yeah. realized that we've got to book a venue. Yeah. We were just four families, five yeah. families with my family included. Um, and then we went to the school and asked if we could uh, book a space uh, and they, they availed the gym to us. Um, and we started in the gym on Sunday evenings. And the gym is quite big, so it felt a bit oh. too spacious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the things that was really a profound experience for me in South Africa, I was involved in different kinds of ministries. So, in some, um, uh, you know, uh, less comfortable, some more comfortable. Yeah. So, uh, last season and few years of ministry for us was really comfortable. Uh, really, the Lord really blessed us. Um, so, so for us here, and then being part of FCC and then planning a church after about six or seven months i remember coming from a service um the one sunday evening and there was 12 people in yeah. in the congregation in the hall yeah there was some there were 12 people in the hall i packed out one team 40 chairs you know but there was, it was only one team but you needed to yeah. <laughs> you could play the out, of, out of the 12 people that specific sunday evening and it was it was constant with just these Yes, his family his and it's it's as if you know we struggled yeah. you know but but i remember god saying to me disciple these families sure this is what i've given you but but that that evening i was very frustrated locking up it was dark and and i remember just being frustrated and driving back on kingsway um and just saying to the lord lord what is what am i doing wrong yeah what is going on and 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 as clear as day i you know i just just remember this, the Lord just dropped it in my spirit. Is the, if this is what I have for you, hmm. do you have a problem with that? <laughs> is, this is, is this is what I want you to do? 
you say you don't care about numbers or this or that. Yeah. Is it really true? Is it ironic? Do you do you have a problem yeah. if if these other people that I want you to minister to? Yeah. And it was as if a weight just yes, dropped off of me, and I realized that I'm not. Who do, I want to, who do I want to please? Who, it's not who performance do I want, based. Who do I want to show even myself? What do I want to prove to myself? Yeah. I, I just want to please Him. Yeah. If this is what God wants, this is what I'll do, even up until Jesus comes. Yeah. And honestly, I just had the most wonderful time just discipling yeah. these yeah. families that God gave me. Yeah. And today, um, those families, except for one or two that are now on the East Coast, but those families and two other families that joined very early on, uh, they form our leadership. Yeah. yeah. What a journey. Yeah, they're still with us. So that was a challenge. What was the, your biggest challenge in Australia? Could you pinpoint something? Yes. Um, maybe less ministerial, uh, more personal. Yeah. Um, our biggest challenge in Australia was coming over from South Africa. Um, today I'm always ashamed to say it, but, but this is true. Um, I, I, I really didn't think that it mattered to me who I was, you know, uh, mm. in in South Africa with what God did and what God gave us the privilege to minister into in terms of ministry-wise. But when we arrived here and you you are, you, you start over. Zero. In the middle Brand of your zero. life, in you fact, start minus over. Zero. Nobody, no, not only nobody knows you, 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 you don't, your family is not here. You, you don't have people that you Support. connect with. I was in a... Love. Um, I had this beautiful Singaporean community that loved us and supported us, but we still felt, I, I still almost lost myself in all of that and wondered who I was, Yeah, you know? And, um, and in that time, while I was finding, getting back to the roots of why it is that I do what I do, I mean, when God called me, it was nothing, no congregation, no ministry, it was just God and me. And this yeah. is what he gave me to do. That's how I started off in ministry. So he brought me back to that. And in that time, um, Lisa went through a very, very challenging time um, mm. with the same struggle in, in her heart. Uh, so much so that that at one stage, um, I didn't know if, if uh, you know, she was going to stay, if she was going to go. She was, yeah, Marriage-wise, we were, we were going well um, uh, in terms of we knew we loved one another and so on. But she was just so alone. Yeah. And she was so disconnected for herself that, that at one stage I just said to her, listen, I, I can't, I can't cry anymore with you. I can't, you know, it, it was really, Trained. really very draining, very difficult time. And I remember um, in that time, I just, uh, we, we just really grabbed onto the Lord and, and really just dug our heels in. And, and I just, I just, I couldn't do anything else but just, Put her in his hands and 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 pray for her mm. and um i remember for a long time you know it was as if you know for for quite a quite a while things was just so quiet for me you know she was always on a piano and at that stage for months there was there was nothing it was silence you know there was just silence and and um and the lord started you know just renewing her and 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 giving her her purpose and yeah. and her desire again here in australia and he made her fall in love with those Singaporean young um, youths, she 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 became known in faith community church as Mama Lisa. You know wow. these teenagers were just Not Mona were Lisa, just, Mama Lisa, Mama Lisa, and <laughs> and I saw the Lord just um, 
really just realigning her yeah. with his purpose. And, and the Lord really there um, brought us together in a deeper sense of unity that we've ever had before. And uh, he gave her in Afrikaans, but he gave her a few songs in that time that really just depicted what we were going through. Um, so the most difficult time for Thank me, you. the biggest challenge uh, for me in Australia was that very, very personal challenge uh, where God really just took us as a couple and us yeah. as a family and realigned us with his purpose. We were going through a tough time, I think that's for sure. And you survived and that made you stronger. Yes. It's yeah. interesting that the darkest um, seasons of our lives do bring out the best in us. Oh, for sure. If, you, if you're resilient, if you, if you stand in, in that storm and yeah. don't give up, it's just amazing. But you know what's also very interesting with this story you're sharing here is the fact that um, this journey was together. Yeah. God, you weren't in your ministry on your own and she wasn't on her own. It was a joint ministry. You had yeah. personal struggles, but you had a, there was an aspect of, of that joint effort mm. as well. Mm. Um, where the alignment was personal, but it was also for both of you. Oh, for sure. To prepare you for the season ahead. And Australia is not an easy land to plant a church. Oh, yeah. And the culture here is totally different mm. than South Africa. You mm. know, that honor culture, that hard, mm. you know, working military regimented culture is not, uh, that doesn't exist here. Yeah. People are relaxed. People yeah. are, you know, they've got so many choices. They, mm. they mm. change churches, no problem. Mm. You know, in, in South Africa, if you change church, you, you know, it's the biggest crime you could have done. Yeah. Whereas yeah. here, if, you know, it's, they yeah, can change yeah. church ten times a year. Nobody True. says anything. Yeah. Um, so it is. It is different. Mm. It is different. And um, I, I feel with that because mm. we've experienced similar challenges as well. And a lot of the people that I talk to. But you know what's interesting? You look at the pastors in our city here mm. today in Perth, in Western Australia, and most most of these pastors are not Australian. If you well, I, I know that there's a lot of pastors. That well, I was just at a yeah. at a pastors prayer meeting over yeah. the city. Yeah, we were about 160 to mm -hmm. 170 pastors in yeah. there. Yeah, uh, probably 70 plus percent were non-Australians. Wow, which is oh, you know, which is just um, you know very interesting. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking, you know, why is the Lord bringing so many uh, people from so many nations and so many leaders from so many nations? Mm -hmm. He must love Australia. He must have a purpose for this. And sometimes it yeah. does come from within, but a lot of the times it has to come from, from somewhere else. Yeah. So the purpose that the Lord has for you here is probably bigger than we realize. Mm -hmm. And what, what you're setting into motion, it's not just you know what happens today at Kingsway Christian mm -hmm. Church, but it's what you're setting into motion for the generations to come mm -hmm. is probably more important than what we realize. And your kids are here and your grandkids yeah. are here. Yeah. And, you know, those kids that you see in church every Sunday. Mm. Yeah, talking about that, what's the legacy you'd like to pass on to them? Yeah, so for us, that what you've just said, uh, that was clear to me from the very start. Um, as I told you, I was crazy about kids. I remember I was 13 years of age when I thought it would be the greatest thing to be a dad. Yeah. And I don't know why, but that was my thought process. And, uh, and right throughout our ministry, we, we just felt the Lord always saying to us, just remember... Um, these are your first disciples. Mm. Minister to your wife yeah. and your children first. So we implemented a few things in our lives that really, uh, really helped us hold on to that. So we can never, you know, we can never save anybody, let alone our kids. Um, yeah. And our kids know us best. 
And I always felt that um, if I minister to others on a Sunday, they just know me on a Sunday or see me as pastor. Um, but my kids don't see the Lord in my life. If they can't see that He is truly um, my life's desire, mm. um, how, who, who else should I want to convince if that's, right. if, if that's not the case within them? Now, they have their own choice and so on, but for me, I've, I've, that, that's always been our greatest desire for me and Lisa, just to disciple our children first and bring yeah, them to the, the Lord family. and show them um, His goodness and His grace and His mercy and who yeah. He is in our lives. And uh, today we are so grateful that by His grace, mm. um, they, uh, my, our kids, we've, we've seen our kids fall in love with the Lord, you know, one by one throughout the years. And, uh, and they are passionate about Him. Actually, we're in a season where we realize, um, as the Lord shared with me in San Jose when He told us about Australia, yes. that this is more about our kids, more about the generations to come yeah. than it is about us. We are yeah. here for a purpose, for a reason, yeah. to establish again yeah, pioneer. things that pioneer again some things that he's got to do. In that difficult time that I spoke to you about, um, you know, uh, me and Lisa were talking, she was saying, but we have nobody here. Yeah, it's just us here. And, and I remember I said to her, I said, you know what? It takes one generation yeah. to do something. Sure. You know, to establish something. And, and I remember my kids were then 14 and 13 years of age. Yeah. And I said to her, I said, before you know it, these two, um, our kids will be married. Yeah. I said, and our grandkids yeah. um, will be running around in our home just knowing that their parents were from Australia yeah. and oh, from South Africa. And my wife the other day, well, we, you know, the extended families there, we can't even fit all of them around one table. And so on. And we were just going, you know what? Time flies, man. It's yeah. truly, it's, it's, it's tribal. You it's just have to do what patriarchal. You got to think. Yeah. You know, in, yeah. in patriarchal yeah. terms. Minister, minister to the generation that is, there's a generation yeah. that is growing up in our homes. Yeah. And if, if there's something, you know, that I'm very passionate about, you know, we want to go over land and sea, you know, yeah. and, and missions here and there. And so yeah, I think the greatest challenge for the church in our day is to again rekindle the fire of God within our families. To be so faithful and godly in our relationships and in our marriages that our children can see the love, the grace, the authority, the truth of God in our homes. So So that we... Don't get all of these statistics where we uh, do all of these programs but we lose our kids. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't even want to start talking I know, about I know, you're this. Very passionate. Yeah. I'm very yeah. passionate about this. In fact, um, the Lord um, quickened me the other day. About three or four days ago, I was, I was praying about this, about mm. Australia. And uh, he said to me, Nathaniel, Australia is in free fall at the mm. moment. Mm. In free fall. It hasn't really hit the bottom yet, but yeah. it is in free fall mm. because it has become faithless, fatherless, and feminist. Mm. And, you know, the church doesn't speak enough yeah. about these three. Yeah. That's the free fall of Australia. Yeah. And if you look historically, the facts are there, mm. the evidence is there to prove it. Very true. And for you to focus on the family, I think it's mm. very, very vital. Mm. And um, it's, it's beautiful. And I hope mm. that those people who are watching this or listening to this mm will embrace this responsibility and put on the mantle of priesthood yeah, and the yeah. fatherhood and the motherhood yeah. in their homes. Yes. Thank you so much, Reed. Such a pleasure. Wisdom, a lot of wisdom. Well, thank you so much for joining us at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. What an amazing journey. 
appeared his head and also the legacy that he wants to pass on to the generations that follow. And I think we should take the song, start with the family, start with your family. Start presenting the Lord, uh, assume, take on the responsibility that you have in your home, whether you're a mom or a dad, maybe a grandpa, uh, a grandma, or even a son who needs to help their parents, his parents or her parents, a daughter, uh, to, to get closer to the Lord. Whatever it is, um, do your part in your family to lead them to Jesus. If you're enjoying this content, please distribute it wider and wider. We want it to reach more and more places around the world. Um, do rate us, do comment. Uh, we love the five stars that we are receiving. There's quite a few five stars now on Apple Podcasts. And if you could do that as well, we would be very, very grateful. We thank you that you're sharing this content and uh, that you're praying for us. And we'll be more than excited to bring you more Kingdom stories from down under in a week's time. Bless you. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.